It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Friday. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Friday, June 24th. The weekend, for me, begins in about oh, 55 minutes. Got church picnic tonight. My uh, parish, Holy Family on Papa Level Road in Louisville. Come on over. Good food, good people. Um, reasonably priced adult beverages. Games, carnival games, all kinds of good stuff. Wear your Shady Rays. Don't forget to wear your Shady Rays. It's going uh, to be sunny tonight. Also, St. Martha, if you're interested uh, and you're living that into town. St. Martha picnic. All right, that's, that's my public service announcement for the day. M&M Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450, 384-1450. If you'd like to be part of the show, the uh, Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Summer Cash Bash is going on at Thornton's right now. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000. That happens all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app. Click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. You can also earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, hot dogs, Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, many, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Well, become one now. Text rewards to 80313. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Justin, on the other side of the glass, sitting in today, uh, you weren't involved in uh, boxing movies. I guess I didn't send you the text. What's your favorite boxing movie? Wow. Thanks, John. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty boring when it comes to boxing movies. Actually, no, Ali was good. I liked Ali. Ali got some votes. Yeah. Rocky, of course, won the yeah, poll. Yeah, Rocky was overwhelming favorite. I, um, I didn't want to say that. Yeah, Raging Bull uh, tied for second with uh, Cinderella Man. You ever seen Cinderella Man? I have not. Take two and a half hours out of your out of your busy schedule one night and give it a go. Russell Crowe, Renee Zellweger, true story. James J. Braddock, a washed up boxer, makes a comeback. It's uh it's very good. Will I ever make the cut for sports movies? Um, no. Okay. I mean I could lie. No, I mean it, it's easier to just let me down now than yeah. string it out. You know. I mean I only send it to like three hundred people. So <laughs> didn't make I only the cut. send the text about three <laughs> three, three fifty, something like that. Uh, NBA draft last night. Jaden Ivey, by the way, just quit crying. He just now stopped crying. Did you watch the draft last night? I did. Yeah, I, right. made, it, uh, I well, made it through 40 picks. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say to you, what did you think about the draft last night? Um, always, It's the same feeling I always so have you're for li- drafts. You're lying already. Underwhelming. You're lying. Underwhelming. Your first thought was some of those moms were spectacular. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dyson Daniels' mom. Christian Brown's. Christian Brown's oh. mom. Look, you're not married, so you can say anything you want. That's I got to right. watch what I say here. <laughs> but some of the outfits didn't cover up a whole lot, right? That's how we like it. Didn't cover up a whole lot. Yes, I'm a, I'm a grumpy old man, but I'm also a dirty old man. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. Uh, Paolo Bancaro. A last-minute shift in, I guess, philosophy by the Orlando Magic. They uh, say no to Jabari Smith, 
and yes to Paolo Bancaro. Here's the weird part. They didn't bring him in for a for a workout. You got the number one pick in the draft. What you do is you bring everybody you can in for a workout. Because you take your best player, whoever it is, and you say, all right, I want to watch you play a little one-on-one with this guy. And whoever your best player or your top paid player tells you, hey, I couldn't stop that guy, or yeah, that guy doesn't have any moves. You listen, and you watch, and you have a 45-minute workout. They don't bring Bancaro in. Conventional wisdom all day yesterday, even Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN was saying, Jabari Smith, going to go number one, the Auburn forward, not the Duke forward. But it's Paolo Bancaro. The funny part is Jabari Smith tweeted out, a week ago, there's no reason for me to work out for Houston. Basically saying, I won't be around for the third pick. Eh, maybe you should have worked out for Houston. Houston did take Jabari Smith. I think it was a slam dunk at that point. Chet Holmgren goes second to Oklahoma City. I think it's a good spot for him because nobody pays attention to Oklahoma City. There's not a whole lot of pressure. You can work on your game. But uh, I, was, I was texting back and forth with my brother last night. Big Kansas fan. I don't hold that against him most of the time. But when Abaji went to uh, Cleveland, he sent me a text, go Cavaliers. So we just started texting back and forth. And I said yesterday on the show, if it were me and it wasn't me, Paolo Bancaro would be my pick. He's the safest pick. He is the most ready for the NBA. Jamari Smith, I believe, is a can't-miss guy. I think he's going to be great. But... Paolo Bancaro was the safe pick and maybe the best pick. I said that yesterday. Thinking, as everyone else did, Jabari Smith was going to go number one. I guess Orlando, then uh, the general manager down there, was listening to the show because they go with Bancaro out of Duke. He averaged 17, and a, 17 points, eight rebounds on a star-studded team. Five Duke Blue Devils were taken in the draft last night, four in the first round. So... It's a star-studded team, and he was the leader of that team. All three of these first round, first picks were freshmen coming out after one year of college. All right, so they're all young. They all have got a lot of work to do. But NBA ready, I would put Bancaro just ahead of Jabari Smith. That was just me. Chet Holmgren, in my opinion, and uh, my brother and I agreed on that we rarely agree, he is a project to a certain degree that could be a bust. I mean, there are busts littered at the top of these drafts. Anybody, anybody ever heard of Greg Oden? Sam Bowie? I mean, these first three picks, there's nothing guaranteed of any of these guys. But Chet Holmgren, to me, you're seven feet tall. You, want, you get rebounds because you're long and seven feet tall. NBA is going to be different. There's going to be guys putting a body on you. You're not a Gonzaga in a wide-open offense where you can roam free, go get some offensive rebounds, where you play de- you're stood underneath the basket and play defense. You can't do that in the NBA. He's going to get pushed around. They better find him some really, really carb-loaded restaurants in Oklahoma City. And they will. You're going to do everything you can because he can be a rim protector. He does handle the ball great for a seven-footer. When you don't stop after the word great, then there's always a a codicil there. 
He handles the ball great. Stop right there. He's fine. But when you say for a seven-footer, that changes things. Chad Holmgren's not the guy the Oklahoma City Thunder is going to have handling the ball on the outside. It's going to be Shea Gilgis-Alexander, right? Or, or some other guard that they bring in. Holmgren is going to be a four or probably a five. I don't think he's a back-to-the-basket center. There aren't a lot of those guys around, and, and, and to be honest about it, the NBA, you don't need one of those guys. He's not a back-to-the-basket guy. He's going to shoot jump shots. He's going to try to get offensive rebounds. He's going to get pushed around at that size. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. I'm saying he could be a bust. Bancaro and Smith, without injuries, they're not going to be a bust. I can safely say that. Those guys' upside is still pretty high from where they're at right now. I said yesterday on KRC that I don't think Holmgren will average 10 points in his NBA career. Oh, career. Wow. Yeah, that's – you know what? I would not take – if you wanted to bet me that, I wouldn't take that bet. Right? I mean, I'm I'm not totally in agreement with you. I think he can score. And, again, put some muscle on and find your niche in the league. First of all, you're at Oklahoma City. So, right now, even though Oklahoma City, I think, had a good draft, Right now, you're going to play, so maybe you will average 10 points a game because you're going to get an opportunity. But he's got to do it from the second and third level. I mean, I agree with you. He's not a back-to-the-basket center. I don't know how much success he'll have around the rim with the size of the NBA guys. Seven foot, 195. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. I'm 5'6 and weigh as much as him. I'm 5'8 and I haven't <laughs> seen 195 since second grade. <laughs> he did average 14 a game, 10 rebounds, 3.7 blocks. You will get some rim protection. But I want to see him guard somebody on the perimeter as well. He didn't have to do that at Gonzaga. Fourth pick was a bit of a surprise. Sacramento went Keegan Murray out of Iowa, who I like a lot. By the way, the Big Ten had nine players drafted last night. The SEC had eight. Those were the top two leagues. Uh, Keegan Murray, I think, is fantastic. I don't know how you pass up Jade Navi there. I don't know how anybody passes up Jade Navi. In fact, for me... Second, third, maybe second pick in the draft should have been. I have Ben Carroll number one all along. Jaden Ivey, I could make an argument, and I said this yesterday. He's John Morant, but bigger. He's John Morant, but bigger. Got to work on his jumper a little bit, but everything you see on the highlight film that John Morant does, you're going to see Jaden Murray, Jaden Ivey doing it. I don't disagree with that. But Keegan Murray of Iowa goes second, 23.5 points, 8.7 rebounds, 40% three-point shooter, a uh, three-year player at Iowa, so he's a little older than these guys. He's probably a little more NBA ready. Detroit had a great draft, great draft. They get Jaden Ivey from Purdue with the fifth pick. That makes it a great draft right there, 6'4", 200 pounds, He learned to play basketball watching the WNBA, being at WNBA games with his mom, who played. She's now the head coach at Notre Dame Women's Basketball. He knows more about the game of basketball than probably any of these top 10 draft picks. 17 and a half points at Purdue, five rebounds. And I talked about this yesterday. Matt Painter's offense was not designed for Jaden Ivey. Matt Painter's offense, for the most part, is Get the ball up the floor, set it up. We're going to run some plays. They didn't run a lot. 
There was not a lot of transition offense in Purdue's uh, game plan. There never is. There rarely is. They get a couple of shooters. They get usually a big seven foot four guy, right? <laughs> Purdue's always got a big white seven foot four guy down low. <laughs> they get a, a a big a another big dude, a wide body down low as well, and they set the thing up on offense. When they ran, when Jaden Ivey ran, it was impressive. It was impressive. He is a high flyer. He gets to the rim. He gets there quickly. He will uh, undress you with his with his handle. And to me, Detroit went crazy, did crazy well in the draft yesterday. Justin, you agree? I agree. Well, they don't call you, uh, you know, the best analyst for nothing. <laughs> they don't call you that, do they? They do not. No. Yeah, let's be honest. I, I got a lot of nicknames, but that is not one of them. <laughs> Uh, Detroit, I think, all right, the Knicks traded Kemba Walker yesterday. What What were the Knicks doing? I, I don't know what, the, nobody knows. Stephen A. Smith, I hope you watched ABC's coverage and not ESPN. It was annoying, though, ESPN had Jay Billis and Kendrick Perkins, and they were pretty good. And Jay's going to break down every player. I get that. Perk's going to tell you, he's going to say something in that country twang that you don't understand, and you're going to say, what, Kendrick? But Stephen A. Smith, Jalen Rose, I thought was great last night on the coverage. Uh, Stephen A. and his Knicks, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. The Knicks took Usman Jang, a small forward from France, 6'9", 185, with the 11th pick, but then sent him off to Oklahoma City. They traded Kemba Walker, I think, to Detroit, actually, and then Detroit maybe moved him on. I've got to look that up. Uh, but the Knicks fans are not happy. Now, what the Knicks are doing here, they're dumping salary. They want Jalen Brunson. They just hired his dad, Rick, Rick Brunson. Um, he played for he, – Tom Thibodeau knows Jalen Brunson very well. Jalen Brunson, free agent from D- Dallas, was pivotal in their run that they made in the playoffs. He was the number two to Luka. And – the Knicks are looking for him to be their point guard slash scoring guard uh, moving forward. Now, to get that, they got to move some money. They got to get under the salary cap spot where they can actually sign Jalen Brunson. So the Knicks are all in on Jalen Brunson. And look, I said this during the playoffs Jalen Brunson was a difference maker this year for Dallas. Uh, he is a star right now. The Knicks take a lot of stars and make them non stars. But I don't think this is a bad move by New York, even though Stephen A. was losing his mind last night. It, it was really annoying to watch, if we're being honest. <laughs> I, 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 it was just, stop crying, Stephen A. Uh, Spike Lee being on there was great, though. Trying yeah. to calm him down. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know, when I see a, watch a TV coverage like that, I don't really want the analyst fandom to come out. And you had the uh, other see, I liked it. The other girl with her rockets. And I, I don't know, I just don't necessarily want to see that. I want an unbiased but I guess I could have, I mean, I couldn't, I could, I could say I could have watched ESPN, but they're biased as well, so. Yeah, uh, Kendrick's pulling for the Celtics, yeah. and Billis is pulling for all the Duke guys to get <laughs> yeah. drafted, so yep. there's that. Indiana had the sixth pick. A lot of people thought Shaden Sharp was going to Indiana. Nope, they take uh, Benedict Matherin, Arizona, uh, 6'6", 205, average 17, almost 18 a game, five and a half rebounds at Arizona. Uh, I think that's an A, A minus. I have no problem with that. This guy, is, he's a leader. He led that Arizona team. He does a lot of things with the basketball as far as distributing. And, he's, and when they needed him to score baskets at Arizona, 
He scored baskets. Big Ten player, or I'm sorry, Pac-12 player of the year. Uh, that's not a bad pick for your Indiana Pacers. Shaden Sharp goes to Portland, 6'6", He's a project. He is a mystery. The last time we saw him play was in the EYBL Tour. So no college games, no G League games, high school games, basically. Um, it's one of those that if you hit it, you might hit it big. I had a friend last night say that that was a great great landing spot for him. I just looked at him. I was like, how do you know? Yeah, don't want to how, do you, know. how do you know? Oklahoma City for Chet Holmgren, great landing spot. Yeah. Get out of the limelight. Get out of the media coverage. Portland's kind of out of that media coverage as well. They do have Damian Lillard still. Uh, they they uh, traded for, for Jeremy Grant, so they're, they're trying. And I think Shaden Sharp, you ha- everybody and their brother had Sharp in for a workout. You had to. If you didn't have Sharp in and you drafted him, well, you know, you're you're a GM just asking to get fired and a president of basketball operations just asking it to get fired. Uh, Portland, I think, not a bad spot here for Shaden Sharp. The interesting <laughs> – to me, the great pick of the draft was at 27. This is going to bother me for years now. Miami takes Nikola Jovich, <laughs> not Joe Kitch. It's one letter different. Nikola Jovich of Serbia, of course. I think it's Jovich and Jokic. Okay, Jovich. You're thinking of Djokovic. No, no, I'm thinking of Nikola Jokic. 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 For Denver. MVP. Former MVP. Well, Jovic (laughs) is 6'10", 210. And how many times is this going to happen in the next Next season. Countless. Jovich only had four points. He's a, he's a former <laughs> MVP. No, he's not. Uh, 29th, uh, Memphis took Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky, so he did get drafted in the first round. That's a big deal because you got to remember, if you're drafted in the second round, you don't have a guaranteed contract. If you're drafted in the first round, you have a two-year guaranteed league minimum contract. That's big. I remember when Scott Padgett from Kentucky was the last guy drafted in the first round. He was the 30th pick, and he got a two-year deal, and he wasn't great, but he got to work on his game, and they couldn't just let him go because they were going to have to pay him, and he ended up eight, nine years in the league. So 29th pick is big for Ty Ty Washington. Memphis took him. They sent him to Houston. Houston quietly had a pretty good draft. Jabari Smith. Uh, you get Ty Ty Washington. They got some, some other guys. May, maybe that's where Kemba Walker landed. I got to look that up at the break. Uh, but Houston, I think, is trying. Um, Detroit, I think, with Jaden Ivey, plus had a great draft. The Knicks, <laughs> I, I think it's if they get Jalen Brunson, they had a great draft. If the Jalen Brunson free agent sweepstakes goes another way, then they did not have a good draft. I will take a break, talk a little more NBA. Uh, Where will Kyrie end up? Golf news is every day now with this live tour. We'll get to that. The ACC Big Ten Challenge is set in the college basketball world. Major League Baseball, big day for the Yankees today after a big night last night. We'll talk about all that and more. You're listening. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Carding on the Big A. I heard it, I heard it, I heard it on the X.
Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thorne's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. You can get your text into the show at that number. I mentioned Shady Rays. Don't forget to have them on this weekend. It's going to be a nice sunny weekend most of the uh, most of the next 72 hours. Tired of buying expensive sunglasses? You lose them, you break them, you never wear them because you don't want to get them dirty or you're afraid you're going to lose them. You're, you're on the lake. You're afraid when you jump in the lake they're going to go to the bottom of the lake. Let me tell you about Shady Rays. Independent American-owned company started in Kentucky. Changing the way you wear sunglasses. Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. Things don't stop there with the quality. Uh, Shady Rays offers the most insane warranty in all of eyewear. Every pair backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you go to the church picnic tonight and you decide to play one of the carnival games and you throw the ball and it hits the uh, milk jug, doesn't knock it over, the ball comes back right at you, hits you in the, in the sunglasses, breaks them right in half. Shady Rays will repre- re- replace them for free. Yeah. It's just bad luck at that point. It's, and for, first of all, you're really bad at carnival games if that happens. <laughs> but secondly, they're going to replace them for you. You can't go wrong with these for the summer. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. Donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair. Return them free within 30 days. There is absolutely no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. They always have your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off. You can try them out, see what they're all about. Just use the code BIGX at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. That is ShadyRays.com. I'll have mine on at the Holy Family Church Picnic tonight. And I will not be playing carnival games where I can break them. I think that's just a smart move on my part. All right, uh, Bats uh, win last night, three nothing over the Iowa Cubs. They'll go again seven oh five tonight, six thirty five pregame right here on the Big X. Nick Curran, Jim Kelch will bring you the action. They are tonight the Louisville Mashers. It's Mashers night, uh, celebrating bourbon in Kentucky. There's uh, some giveaways. There's koozie giveaways, I believe. There's also a uh, uh, taste uh, taste testing spot where you can uh, try out a little, uh, little, a few different kinds of bourbon. Evan Williams, of course, the sponsor for tonight's Mashers Night at the Bats, Mashers, and the Iowa Cubs. Tampa Bay, Colorado, the uh, NHL Stanley Cup Final, Game 5 tonight as Justin shakes his head. Tampa Bay Lightning down three games to one to the Avalanche after that controversial finish in Game 4. Uh, Colorado is a uh, heavy favorite to finish things off tonight. Uh, you okay over there, Scooter? No. I'm I'm a big-time Lightning fan, so that Game 4 the other night hurt me big time. Is there anything better, and I say this on the show all the time, than playoff hockey to watch? Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, that it game has, was incredible the other night. It, it, it has taken a step down, although Sean McDonough has done a phenomenal job. Doc Emmerich. We miss Doc Emmerich. Yeah. yeah. That made playoff hockey. Yeah, but Sean McDonough is in a tough spot, and he does a he great does. job. He does do a good job. Uh, so eight, ABC tonight, 8 o'clock, Game 5, Tampa Bay and Colorado Avalanche trying to take the cup home for the first time since 2001, I believe. Tampa Bay has won the last two Stanley Cups, so they are uh, trying to uh, come back from a 3-1 deficit to have a three-peat. By the way, Dick's Sporting Goods. 
not a sponsor of this show, uh, sent out a, a, a inadvertent tweet, inadvertently um, showing Tampa Bay three-peat championship gear that you could buy <laughs> at DickSportingGoods.com. Okay. Now, maybe they know the script. Maybe this is all planned and Gary Bettman and the NHL have a script in place, but uh, I will say this. If Tampa Bay comes back from a 3-1 deficit, wins two games in Colorado, and wins the Stanley Cup, there should probably be an investigation because Dick Sporting Goods knew something nobody else knew. But probably not the case. All right, the ACC Big Ten Challenge uh, has been released. I love it when they do it this time of year because I don't have a lot to talk about, uh, which, you know. November 28th, I love this this part, Justin. Let's get these stinkers out of the way. All right. right. November 28th, two games. Minnesota at Virginia Tech <laughs> in Blacksburg. Pittsburgh at Northwestern. <laughs> Look, it's November 28th. What else are you watching? Let's just assume. Not let's assume football uh, is kind of over there. There's no games on November 28th. All right, November 29th, Syracuse at Illinois. One of the games we're interested in, and we'll talk a little more about here shortly, Maryland at Louisville. And I, I, what I wonder is what this says about the Louisville program, that you draw Maryland. Okay? Think about it. I'll get back to you. Penn State at Clemson. Virginia at Michigan. I like that one. Slow tempo against uh, what Michigan wants to do. Um, Wake Forest at Wisconsin. First one to 50? Yeah. Georgia Tech at Iowa. That's not bad. Uh, Then November 30th, it gets serious. North Carolina at Indiana. IU is playing Kansas and Carolina this year. And Arizona. Two teams that were in the the national championship game last season. Carolina's got everybody back except Brady Manick. Um, That's fun. I'm gonna, that's, let's that's finish the fun. schedule before we start talking about it. Ohio State at Duke, and I predicted this. And so Ohio State's either going to get – or Duke's either going to get Michigan or Ohio State. They get the Buckeyes at the Cameron. Purdue at Florida State, that's that's a little juicy. I like that. Rutgers at Miami. Well, I don't know what Miami did to make somebody mad, but uh, they get Rutgers. Miami's going to be very good this year. Michigan State at Notre Dame. Look, if it was football, I'd be excited. Tom Izzo, Mike Bray, okay, that brings a little bit to the table. And we finish off with probably stinker of the week. Boston College at Nebraska. Yay. I wouldn't watch hockey, Boston College at Nebraska, or wrestling, or anything, or football. I wouldn't watch Boston College in Nebraska. All right, so let's talk about Louisville first. They get uh, Maryland at home at the Yum Center November 29th. What does it say about Louisville that they don't get Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue? They get Maryland. It means they're not going to be very good, John. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that bothers me as a guy that just wants to go out to the Yum Center and see a good game. Kevin Willard, now this is a little bit interesting. He's the new coach at Maryland, former assistant under – Rick Pitino, so you got a little bit of something there. Uh, but Maryland and Louisville, it, if you're a Louisville season ticket holder, you didn't want to see Maryland. They beat Maryland last year in the Bahamas when Chris Mack was uh, suspended. 
And Mike Pegues was the head coach, for those of you with short memories. Um, so, you know, you get Maryland again. Ah, give me give me Iowa. Okay, give me Illinois. I don't want Maryland. What? I, first of all, a lot of people don't even know Maryland's in the Big Ten still. Would you have rather had an Iowa or Illinois yes. if that means it's not going to be a competitive game versus Maryland a competitive game? Yes. If Iowa's going to come into the Yum Center and win by 15, I'm fine with that. Because if you're Louisville, barring the NCAA and the IARP saying you can't play in the tournament, you need some good matchups here in the pre-conference season. A win over Maryland, it didn't help them last year. It's not going to help them this year, especially a home win. I would much rather have Illinois coming in or Iowa and have a shot to beat one of the upper-level teams in the Big Ten. Nothing against Maryland. Maybe there will be – better than we expect, but I certainly don't expect them to be one of the top-level Big Ten teams. Um, Ohio State Duke is juicy, spicy, no Coach K. Um, Ohio State, uh, obviously you lose E.J. Liddell, who got drafted last night. I I like that. I would have rather have been Michigan and Duke, and I certainly, not that I hate Duke, wink, wink, but I'd rather Duke had to go on the road. Duke doesn't go on the road unless Duke wants to go on the road. So um, that's an interesting matchup. I like it. Purdue has to go to Florida State. Again, I'd rather have that game in Mackey, but it's it's both of those teams. That'll be a quality win if either one of those two teams, whoever wins that game. North Carolina and Indiana. Man. Look, Mike Woodson, say what you want. His – Philosophy now, I think, is, look, I got Trace Jackson Davis back. I'm keeping Xavier Johnson. Um, I'm, we're gonna we're getting a really good freshman class coming in here. Let's play anybody we can play. As you mentioned, Arizona, Carolina, Kansas. I know Kentucky won't play. Okay, settle down, IU fans. Sit down. It's going to be okay. In our lifetime – and that's assuming I live 20 more years, they will play again. But right now, it's just, you know, I, look, if you're Indiana and I told you, Justin, you're an Indiana fan, Scooter, if I told you you could play Kentucky in Bloomington or let's just say in Indianapolis or you can play Kansas, Carolina, and Arizona, what are you taking? Turn your mic on. There we go. It, it cuts out sometimes. What are you taking? Uh, I'm taking the, the latter. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. You got the defending national champions, the defending national runners up with everybody back, and an Arizona team that's got a lot of talent coming back. Arizona lost lost some talent here, but they got a lot of talent coming back. For what it's worth, I don't think we're going to need 20 years for that Indiana-Kentucky series. How many do you think? Uh, I'd say within the ten, does, within 10. Does it happen with Calipari at the helm? That I don't know, but I do believe it'll happen within 10 years. I'm, I'm, I'm liable to say five years, but I'll stray away from that. So here's the challenge. There are how many games in this uh, format? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 14. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14. Well done, you. Here's the challenge. Watch 10 of the 14 games. Could you do it? Yeah. I, I generally tune in pretty I mean, you're pretty throwing heavily. out Boston College, Nebraska. You're yeah. throwing out Pitt and Northwestern. Yeah. 
Uh, Minnesota, Virginia Tech, maybe. Although but, I, there's you a St. X, St. X walk on on the Virginia Tech. Those game, are so the like first that. two games of the of people the will challenge. watch. Yeah, I'll watch probably. I mean, the first games if the first games Minnesota, Virginia Tech, I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was great. Kevin Willard coming back to Louisville makes that an interesting story. But the fact that it's – I would rather he was still Seton Hall and they were going to play Seton Hall. I mean, I hate to say that. Maryland wow. to me, Gary Williams not coming through that door. Adrian Branch is not coming through that door. Lenny Bias, rest in peace, is not coming through that door. All right, we'll take a break. Got to get to some baseball. Big day for the Yankees and Aaron Judge here. Yankees had a big win last night. We'll talk about that. And the European Tour, golf tour, has put their foot down. We'll talk about that as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. Thanks, as always, to our friends at ZZ Top for uh, providing the uh, bumper music. We love it. Thorne's text line is open, 502-414-1450, 414-1450. Last-minute text into the show at that number is Summer Cash Bash at Thorne's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Awards member will win $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open, open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. That's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, many, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member? Well, become one now by texting REWARDS to 80313 today. I was uh, looking over the NBA draft picks by conference, and I mentioned earlier, Justin, Big Ten 9, SEC 8, ACC 7. Of the seven ACC players drafted, five were Duke Blue Devils. How does that happen? How does the ACC not get more than two guys from other teams? That's just a mind-blowing stat. Carolina had everybody stay, so I get that. But Brady Manick is gone. He didn't get drafted. Uh, Michigan State didn't have anybody drafted. The two draftees were from Wake Forest and Notre Dame. I might believe Notre Dame in football. Blake Wesley, by the way, a Hoosier. And Jake LaRavia, is that his name? I think so, yeah. From Wake Forest, another Hoosier native, uh, were the two other ACC players drafted. The Pac-12 had six, Big 12 four. The uh, West Coast Conference had three. Two were from Gonzaga, of course. One from Santa Clara. And the uh, American Athletic Conference had two. Those were the only multiple draft pick conferences this year. There are 60 picks, by the way, in the NBA draft. Only 58 this year. I'm sorry, 58. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, all right, let's, golf news. The European Tour today announced, or maybe it was last night, but when I woke up this was announced, that uh, they're banning all players from the Live Tour that played on that first Live Tour event from the Scottish Open the Barbasol Championship, which is played in Kentucky, by the way, and the Barracuda Championship. Now, why those, you say? Aren't those PGA Tour events? Well, the Scottish Open, the Barbasol, and the Barracuda are all 
co-sanctioned by both the European Tour and the PGA. The Barbasol, which uh, is uh, in Nicholasville, Kentucky, is the same week as the Open Championship, or formerly known as the British Open. So the European Tour co-sponsors that with the PGA Tour. They do the same for the Barracuda Championship and, of course, the Scottish Open. That if you remember when Phil Mickelson won the Open Championship, he won the Scottish Open the week before. Brooks Kepka was scheduled to play in the Scottish Open. European Tour says you're out. Um, yesterday, when this announcement was made, Sergio Garcia, Louis Oosthuizen, and Martin Keimer, who all played in that first event, were on the course at the BMW International Championship. So they found out while they were playing golf on a Thursday, uh, you're not going to be able to play in the Scottish Open. They, those guys don't care about the Barbasol or the Barracuda. It's not getting ready for the British Open. But they're not going to be able to play in the event leading up to the British Open. Uh, this is big news. They're also, each one of these players, European Tour players, this does not include Kepka is being fined $123,000 a piece. 100,000 pounds, but I, I did the math. It's $123,000 a piece. So the PGA Tour has put their foot down. The British Open, and if you remember from last week, the U.S. Open said, you know what? It's kind of late in the game. We're not going to penalize any of these guys. They're going to get to play in our Open. The British Open, they're going to get to play in. But the European Tour has stepped up and said, nope, you can't play in the Scottish Open. You can't play in the tournament where you're prepping for the British Open. Um, plus the, the financial fines here, I think this is a big move by the European Tour. Uh, they are aligning themselves with the PGA Tour. And I've said this all along, the Live Tour golf, 54 holes, shotgun start, no cut. It's not real golf. There's no pressure. You're getting money up front to play. You don't have to earn money by finishing in the top 10 or by making a cut. You're playing 54 holes. You got guaranteed money. It's a shotgun start. There's no pressure at all. And these guys that think they're going to get ready for majors by playing in these live tour events, you're not getting ready for majors. Because there's, you, you know, if you're two under, and the cut line is one under on a Friday afternoon, and you've got a, a 12-footer or a 14-footer at 18, and you need to make it to make the cut, that's a different kind of pressure than a 54-hole event when there, where there is no cut, right? Mm -hmm. It's a different kind of pressure. So I don't think they're going to allow official world golf rankings, which Greg Norman appealed for on Monday. He wants his tournaments to count those live tour events to count as uh, in world golf rankings, that's not going to happen. You got to have a 72 hole event. You got to have a cut. You can't have a shotgun start. Shotgun starts great. If you're in a scramble. All right. It's not a scramble. Um, so in any event, you have 48 player fields. You got that as well. I think it's it's a it's a major step here for the European Tour. I was surprised that they did it. I was surprised that they said you can't play in the Scottish Open. There are a whole lot of PGA players and a whole lot of European Tour players who go over a week early, 
you get your you get your bearings, you get your time change, sleep pattern all set up, and you play in that Scottish Open so that you can get ready a for a for a, a rolling course like you're going to get at at St Andrews this year. You play a course that is akin to St Andrews or akin to whatever Open Championship course they're playing that year, whether it's Carnoustie or or whatever. You get a feel for the course. You get a feel for Lynx golf when you go play on these courses. So um, I love it. I'm behind the PGA Tour on this thing. I have been since since the beginning. Uh, I think it's a Greg Norman vendetta. He's been trying to compete with the PGA Tour for 30 years. I don't know what he's got against the PGA Tour, but it's certainly something. And the PGA Tour did make a move this week. We're going to have eight new tournaments next year, $20 million purses in these tournaments. So they've invested $160 million in eight new tournaments. What I did wonder out loud, and I still wonder, what's going to happen to the Barbasol Championship in the future? What's going to happen to the Barracuda, the John Deere Classic, the Travelers Championship? These smaller tournaments are probably going to be pushed aside if the PGA is coming out with eight new tournaments next year with a lot more prize money. So maybe they put it into these currently existing tournaments. But I would be surprised by that. You're going to have courses around the land bidding on these tournaments around the United States. And uh, whoever's going to give the PGA more money to come to their place, um, you know, remember when Valhalla hosted the PGA Championship, first thing, the first year they hosted it, the Tiger Woods Bob May year, uh, when they had the playoff, they had to sell to the PGA. They had to sell their property to the PGA Tour. So that's, that's part of it. Uh, to the PGA, not the PGA Tour. They had to sell it to the Professional Golfers Association. Still got to run it, still got to keep the employees and all that, but no longer was it owned by the game family. Oh, and then PGA sells it, and they still get to have their championship there in 2024. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, it's PGA-friendly, that's for sure. And everything the PGA Tour does is not right. I don't want to get on a, up on a high horse and say everything they do is right. It's not. But it's the best we have, and it's a lot better than this Live Golf Tour. I, I, I said this the first tournament. I watched part of it. I, I won't watch it again. Same. I watched 15 minutes. It was like watching uh, my buddies it, with a bad camera angle out there swinging away. It didn't matter who won. It didn't matter. who. Uh, Charles Schwartz won it. He won $4 million for it. He didn't care. He already had a lot of money in his hand. Just for playing. You ever watch the Nickelodeon football games? That's what it reminds me of. That's a great analogy. Yeah. I do, but those are entertaining. Yeah. Because it's still the same football players in the same football game. I just get some slime to go along with it. That's great. All right, baseball last night. The Yankees beat Houston 7-6. to six. That's not the big news, although it was a great game. Four three-run homers in that game. Four. And the Astros led 6-3 going to the bottom of the ninth. Aaron Hicks ties it with a three-run homer. And then Aaron Judge walks it off with a single. Yankees win their 52nd game of the year, coming from behind four runs in the bottom of the ninth. The big news, though, is today is the arbitration hearing for Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge did not sign an extension before the season started. He's got an arbitration hearing that these usually happen in the offseason, but because of the lockout this year, that wasn't the case. They weren't allowed to have the arbitration hearings. He's either going to get $21 million this year, which is what he has, what he's wants, or he's going to get $17 million, which is what the Yankees offer. All right, $4 million difference. That's like, uh, you know, a 
$100 difference to me and you, right? Mm-hmm. But he's coming off a game in which he got the game-winning hit. He leads the league in home runs. He's got a bunch of RBIs. He's playing great. He's probably going to get $21 million. The big story of this is he's going to take that $21 million and what's he going to do at the end of the season? Because if you win the arbitration, all of a sudden your demand at the end of the season goes up. If you lose the arbitration, whatever you were going to demand at the end of the season probably stays the same. And the Yankees have a decision to make. And Aaron Judge has a decision to make because there's no feeling anywhere that he doesn't want to play in the Bronx for the Yankees. He does. But there's also a realization that if we don't offer him what pick a, pick a team, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Astros, we're picking big market teams here, the Red Sox. If we don't offer him what they're on, he's going to go. Aaron Judge has been great for the Yankee brand. When you think Aaron Judge, you don't think of any other team but the Yankees. Like Cal Ripken, Baltimore Orioles, right? What'd you say? Derek Jeter, New York Yankees. Absolutely. We're going to get that mic fixed one day. But Aaron Judge, at the end of the year, is going to have a decision to make. So are the Yankees. You can't lowball this guy. He puts fans in the stands, and that's part of the part of the equation here. you got to put people in the stands, and he does that. Your Cincinnati Reds lost their seventh straight last night. That's it? 10-5. to five. Yesterday afternoon, actually, 10-5 to the Dodgers. Uh, the Reds had straightened some things out, but, boy, they went south this past week. Seven straight losses. It's been rough. Um, the Oakland A's had a no-hitter for seven and two-thirds yesterday. Frankie Montas was pitching a gem. I'm sitting home. I'm watching this game. They're up one nothing. They bring the bullpen in in the ninth inning. Walk, 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 wild pitch, walk, another wild pitch. And Seattle beats Oakland 2-1. to one. Yikes. Baltimore shut out the White Sox 4-0 yesterday. Today the Reds are in San Francisco. This could be interesting because if you remember when San Francisco was in Cincinnati, Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson had a little fantasy oh, yeah. football disagreement. Uh, Jock Peterson came out publicly yesterday and he told the fans of San Francisco, let's take it easy on Tommy Pham. Jock, who got slapped in the face here, Pham got suspended, and Jock has said, hey, let's take it easy on Tommy Pham. Graham Ashcraft, who, believe it or not, has a 3-1 record with the Cincinnati Reds. 3-1 with a 3.51 ERA. He's really a good young pitcher. Going against Alex Cobb for the Giants tonight, 3-2, 5.62 ERA, 10-15 on Bally Sports Ohio. Uh, Reds and Giants first of a three-game set. Don't forget Bats Baseball tonight. Masher night if you want to head out there for a little bourbon tasting. Uh, 7.05 first pitch. Iowa Cubs in town, 6.35 pregame. We'll have them same time tomorrow. Tomorrow is Star Wars night at the Bats game as well. And then 105 on Sunday, uh, senior stroll the bases. Is that Sunday? No, no, that's kids run the bases after the game on Sunday. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you Monday. Beers on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Watch it, took control, the first one of its